Welcome to The Good Goddess Show, a weekly podcast for women who are fed up, are feeling bloated and tired. I'm your host, Kezia Hall, holistic nutritionist and all-around health geek. Let's dive in to the show. So welcome to episode 136 and today I am talking about or asking the question of is your home and your house making you tired and sick and sluggish? So we're going to be diving into that and all the different kind of um, factors and toxins and those kind of things that could actually be derailing all your hard, healthy habits, hard, healthy habits, your hard work when it comes to your health. Maybe you're doing exercise and you're meditating and you're eating more organic and, you know, you're genuinely making changes, but you're not seeing the results. And that could be is because if your home has a really high toxic load, then that could be affecting you every day and you could be particularly sensitive to it. So I'm going to talk about, first of all, what those things can be, why they matter, and then sharing with you five or six really simple, practical things. Some of them are totally free to do that you can do to kind of reduce the toxic load of your home so that you can feel better. Wake up actually being like, oh, that was a good night's sleep. Because sometimes if you're waking up exhausted, it can sometimes be because your air quality at night isn't good. You're sleeping in a moldy room. So many factors that if you can just shift that, you can actually start to like feel a whole lot better. So that is what we are looking at today. Otherwise, how are you doing? How is life going? We, (laughs) there's my little son outside. Um, at least he's happy. Um, we are doing, I was going to say, how are we doing this end? I am doing good. I'm feeling large and sore and pregnant. So I am uh, just getting my brain ready for essentially, hopefully another three months <laughs> of this um, and doing all the things to help acupuncture, pelvic floor physio, all the things because it's... Um, just gets a bit boring being sore all the time but generally speaking much better than I was which is nice got another scan this week I'm starting to get organized with baby clothes all of those kinds of things so that's been really fun I've also just been loving doing all my client work and hearing all of their wins and progress and I was chatting with a client just at the weekend and she was just like oh actually I'm just um for her we're working on some specific skin stuff and eczema and she was like my skin's just looking so much less red less irritated she was like and I'm so surprised she was like I'm not a morning person at all I'm just not it takes me ages to wake up I really don't like it and this week she'd been waking up like earlier than she normally would and is feeling good and is totally like surprised by this she's like I think I might be like actually wanting to get up at half six and get ready for work where she would normally like wake up roll out of bed go to work from home in her pajamas kind of just feel really sluggish and it's just like I just feel so much more energized I was talking a little about her anxiety levels and how seeing those improve which is amazing or another client I also saw at the weekend as well um, and she has a lot of complex things going on, a lot of different medications, a lot of different diagnoses um, happening and a a long health history of various things. But the main thing we're working on is her bloating because she was just bloated all the time. Every time she ate, deeply uncomfortable, would get bloated, stay bloated, 
grim. It's not fun. And she was like, no, I'm definitely feeling less bloated. I'm not bloated after every single meal anymore. We figured out some of the key trigger foods for her, which are um, for her some higher histamine type foods. Um, and it's just so fun and so rewarding to see people kind of make those progress and change, which is really fun. I do really love helping clients with this. Or another client I was chatting to actually last week, and I was saying, she was like, thank you so much for all the help. We're working again with a, a set of, she has another set of complex things going on, a lot of fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, ME, those kinds of things. She's like, I just feel so much better and I have a clear idea of what's going on and I just feel really good. And she's basically been ill since she's a, been a child. And she was just like being lovely and saying lovely things about me. But I was like, you know, you're the one that's doing all the work. I just tell you what to do. I feel like I have the easy job of this equation. Um, but it's just feeling like her energy is getting better. Her, um, She used to get daily pains in her legs. Those have all gone. Um, and her muscles in general feel less heavy and sore, which can often be like a fibromyalgia type thing. She is eating, finding the changes we've made to a diet easier um, and loving actually enjoying food. Yeah, so some definite client wins, which is so, so, so fun. So that's been happening this end. Also, I've been getting ready for, I'm relaunching my online program called the Flourish Academy. So if you aren't on my email list, do get on it. I've created a little wait list because for the first I think probably like three or four people that sign up. I have just prepared. I don't know if it's just because it's like Christmas is coming. I just have prepared like some awesome bonuses and discounts for the first couple of people that sign up. So not only will it be discounted for some of the early birds that take action quick, I've also got some bonuses that are worth tons of money just because I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to play Christmas music you know, I, I made a fruitcake last night, like I've got the mincemeat out. I'm just getting into the festive vibe. So if you are looking for a really affordable way to um, work with me with my online program, The Flourish Academy, which is four weeks to increasing your energy, beating the bloat and balancing your hormones. It's a really great program. Hundreds and hundreds of women have done it, seen phenomenal results. It's all the key foundations that I go through with my one-to-one -one clients, but packaged up on an online program. So it makes it much more affordable for you. Make sure you are on my email list. The easiest way to get on my email list is go to keziahall.com forward slash quiz. Do my free quiz, get on it there and you will um, get emails asking you to join the waitlist. Or if you're on Instagram or on Facebook, you can just send me a message there and I'll put you on that waitlist because that's going to be coming probably end of November sort of time and it's just going to be awesome. So I'm working on that because I've just been upgrading the program a little bit and doing some maintenance on it. So that's basically what has been happening in my world. But I'm going to go now because it's sunny outside. I've recorded an amazing episode for you, if I say so myself. And I'm going to take my own advice. Take my butt outside into the sunshine and breathe in some air and get some natural light in my eyeballs. Okay? Thank you for being here. I so appreciate you listening. If you haven't left a review, I would love it if you'd head over to iTunes and leave a review. Make sure you get my emails every week, otherwise you're going to miss out on some really great stuff over the coming months. And actually some stuff I've got planned for when I'm on maternity leave. Yes, I'm getting that organized, guys. Um, so make sure you get your emails from me, otherwise sending you lots of love. Bye.
good morning and so let's talk about your house or flat or castle or caravan or I was going to say turban but that's not what I mean. Oh, yurt. There we go. I once had a friend that lived in a yurt. There's lots of different places that you can live. But what I'm talking about today is the how your home environment could be stripping you of your health and resiliency and energy. It could be contributing to your hormonal imbalance, to your bloatedness, to your fatigue, to the achiness, to the joint pains to the mental health issues, the low mood, the depression, how actually your home environment can play a really important role in your health. And I realized I actually haven't spoken about this much on the podcast, but if you, again, like I do with lots of podcasts that I record, I have just imagine you sitting in front of me and pretending that I'm having a conversation with a potential client, albeit a client that doesn't talk back. (laughs) Normally my clients actually get to reply and talk back to what I say, obviously. But I wanted to pretend that you were here in front of me and that you had a list of different symptoms. You were like a lot of my clients come to me, you've tried different things, you're fed up of either being bloated or having awful hormones or um, not being able to conceive or not being able to go to the toilet or having eczema and acne as a 38 year old and it's making you (laughs) feel totally fed up, whatever it is, imagine that you're sitting in front of me and the process that I will go through with you in terms of distinguishing, okay, what are some of the contributing factors here? And I will always look at and consider environmental factors when it comes to clients, always, always. And right now, actually, I've got several clients and I always have clients where their actual home environment is not helping them to feel the way they want to feel due to various toxic exposure essentially that is coming into their system and this can happen through various different means so I'm going to do this podcast in two episodes the first two episodes in two parts I mean Um, I'm first going to talk about all the different types of toxins that can um, be present in your home and cause issues for you and symptoms and kind of um, why they're problematic. We'll just go through that quite quickly. And then I'm obviously in true goddess podcast fashion going to share with you some really simple actionable stuff that you can do to help offset that because it's really important you we've got to when I'm working with clients obviously I'm really looking at optimizing their internal systems landscape world so we're looking at digestion we're looking at hormones we're looking at supporting and optimizing their liver detox we're looking at their cortisol and hpa axis um function we're looking at their neurotransmitters their um all of these different things their nervous system their kidney function their thyroid function you know we're trying to get this this body of yours in alignment, working optimally so that you can feel better. But so you have this internal environment, but we also live in this external environment that is really, it really impacts us just as much, I would say. And you've really got to balance it. If you are um, eating perfectly and you're really trying to work on all your gut health, but you're living and breathing in a really toxic environment, you will really struggle to see as the results you want to see. You might make some progress, but you'll probably get halted after about like a 25% progress increase, if that makes sense. So for example, say you're dealing with chronic fatigue 
and you sort out your diet and your sugar and your sleep and um, you, you improve your gut health because that always is a problem with chronic fatigue and you're um, de- um, helping with your liver, you might start to feel a little bit better. But I would argue if you live in a house that's full of mold or full of toxins or VOCs or different exposures to things continuously, and that's what you're breathing in every day, you will actually only make a, you won't make a hundred percent progress on that. And I've seen that time and time again with clients, which we'll talk about. Okay. So why, why is this a big deal? Well, I suppose I've just explained that (laughs) because we, it's really important that we think about our internal environment, but also our external one, because that makes a big difference. If you just think about it, we breathe every day. (laughs) I know this isn't news to you, but we breathe guys newsflash, newsflash for the day. You're welcome. We breathe in the air that we have. And if there are molds, if there are toxins, if there are these um, unhelpful compounds in the air that we're constantly breathing in, it goes into our bloodstream and into our body and sits in our body. If we are constantly touching things with that have, we've used toxic hormone disrupting chemicals, cleaning products, and we're touching the surface and touching our face or eating food that's been on that surface, it all makes a really big difference. If you are constantly breathing in different molds, if your air quality in your home is really poor, you lie in bed for like eight hours just breathing. It's so important that we really optimize this area. Now, like so many things I talk about in this podcast, I'm going to talk about a lot of different things and it would be really, you have really easy to choose to be overwhelmed by all of this, but I want to encourage you like with everything, take one action. And the way that you improve your home environment is just by making one small change at a time. That's literally how I've done it. And I'm still not perfect. There's a couple of issues going on in my home as we speak that I'll talk about that are problematic, but it's just being aware. Awareness and education is the first thing. And then just taking those small actionable steps to really optimize um, the the, the the home that you live in to really be supportive so that you can have the energy and feel the way that you want to feel um, and not always be battling against this environment that especially these days with so many people working from home, I've worked from home for years, I spend the majority of my day within my home and it's really important that that is a conducive environment for my mental and physical health. Okay, so what are some of the things that can be problematic? Now, the things I'm focusing in on today are more of what I would call your like tangible, practical toxins. But I do want to make sure that I mention that um, relationships and feeling supported and family and communication and feeling safe in your home are all really important factors. Also things like a messy home, feeling cluttered, feeling like it's small, feeling like your house has no, isn't the uh, the kind of visual or aesthetic environment that, that um, lights you up is also really important. If you if you are in a relationship and it's just really tense or toxic and communication is poor, then that I would call that a to- toxin. But that's not what we're diving into in this episode. Also, if your house is just a mess and you have no time and everything around you is cluttered, chances are that's going to be bothering you on some unconscious level. Um, or maybe you're going through some major house renovations and everything's a mess, then you've got double whammy of the stress of the house renovations, plus all the toxins that those renovations are probably, um, flooding 
in terms of your uh, home and airways. So it's really, really is important to acknowledge that. I've had so many clients where, um, and some friends and colleagues and those kinds of things where they were actually like, you know what? 50% of my health issues went away when I just dealt with this toxic relationship, be it a romantic relationship, family relationship. Um, a lot of actually what I talk with some of my clients about is boundaries with family, with friends, um, even with partners, because that really impacts your stress levels. So worth pointing that out. But what I'm talking about is some of the more classical classically toxic elements. So a big thing you we need to be aware of, and this is something that you want to be quite eagle-eyed about, about any home environment that you're living in, and that is mold and damp. Mold, um, I, most people, when I say to mold, when I say mold to them, most clients are like, no, 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 my house isn't moldy because they often classically think, oh, can I see black patches of mold creeping up on the wall or in the corners of my house? Is my house covered in visible mold? And most of the time it isn't. And yes, that, that visible mold can be a problem, but also any, um, sometimes mold and damp can be unseen and that can also cause a lot of problems. But in general, if you know the house you live in is slightly damp, this is often the case in older houses or houses where you've had water leaks, repair works, renovation. This can sometimes be in new houses as well if your house has been built um, and in a lot of rain and it's not had the time to dry out, dry out. We'll talk about new builds in a second because they can be incredibly toxic environment to move into. Um, but mold is a really important thing. So it's so important that for two things. Number one is if you see mold, if you know your house is damp, you really need to get that sorted. I um, And also think back to like a timeline of, okay, when you've lived in places that, because also this happens with clients, they maybe don't presently live in a moldy house, but they have historically. Think about, did I, did, was that around that time I was living in that flat that I started to struggle with these certain symptoms? And often there is a correlation between those two things. So really important that you deal properly with mold. If you live in a severely moldy place and you are quite on, quite sick, to be honest, you might, I, sometimes you just need to move out, to be honest, in, before things improve. Um, and in order for things to improve mycotoxins, so the kind of mold spores that take place are really, really toxic to the body. They just bugger things up. And especially for some people with certain genetic predispositions, but for all of us, it does not help. So it's really important that with leaks or that if you're buying a house or looking at a house that you are really aware that you don't want it to be covered in mold. Or if it is, you have a really clear, solid plan for getting rid of it. Otherwise, every night you go to bed, you could just be breathing in lots of toxins all night and instead of your sleep being this restorative time it's actually a time where you're flooding your body with more and more toxins there is a documentary that's free to watch called moldy.com done by um, a guy called Dave Asprey who struggled a lot with um, mold toxicity it's a little bit fear-mongery I'm not gonna lie it's a bit like mold everywhere blah 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 but it is really helpful and insightful and um, because sometimes especially for people that have these very chronic illnesses and no one really knows why and it's been going on for a while and it keeps on getting worse and it's these kinds of things often things like mold can play a role in that so there's that moldy documentary 
you can um, give that a watch, but it's really important. So at the moment we realized there was some awful weather here and our roof, something in our roof happened. So I've got a little wet patch in my office now as I'm speaking. And to be honest, it's slightly freaking me out. So I have my air purifier going on 24 seven. I've got this probiotic room spray. Um, actually I'll link to that as well that I use. I've got some hydrogen peroxide coming in the post cause that's the only the best way to clear off um, any potential mold. And we've got obviously the roofer coming in as soon as possible to get that sorted. Um, because I'm like, no way, <laughs> no way do I need some mold going into my body. And I know historically I've lived in, I've lived in rooms that are moldy, like bedrooms where when you know the, you move the bed, there's mold there. So I know I've had that exposure, um, in the past, but mold is a really, really important one and not one to just stick your head in the sand about. Honestly, it really isn't. You really want to deal with that or at least have a plan of dealing with it or at least experiment and think. Another great thing I often ask clients is, you know, when you go away on holiday, some, a lot of people feel so much better when they go on holiday. And some of that's just because, you know, they're on the beach and they're not working and they're less stressed. But sometimes I'll often say to clients, if I really think it's an issue, go and like stay at your mum's house for like as long as you can, like five days. So not even necessarily a holiday and see if you feel better because some people will just feel immediately better by not being in their home. And that can be the case, not just for mold, but for other toxic issues as well that you might not be aware of. If you just generally feel better when you stay anywhere else, you sleep better, you feel slightly more energized, then that's probably a sign that there's some something in your house that is just making you less resilient and chipping away at your wellness and health. Okay, so mold is a big one and something you want to be aware of. And I know in the UK, we, lots it's, it's a big issue. We live in a damp, cold place. So it's kind of something you've got to kind of keep just on top of and you might be listening to this and being like, oh my gosh, because yeah, my house is so moldy. Don't freak out. Maybe watch the, just take one action. Watch the documentary. Make yourself a little action plan. Go one step at a time. Start opening your windows more. You know, all of these things. And I'll talk about some of the actionable stuff you can do in a minute. So mold is a big one. The next big one that probably most of us are um, do, like most of us, I don't say are guilty of, but we don't need to feel guilty about this, but we're not aware of, I wasn't until what, like good five years ago, is our cleaning products. Especially right now, everyone's like, oh, sanitize everything. It'd be so easy for you just to spend all your time with surface cleaner and floor cleaner and bathroom cleaners really important that you switch to non-toxic versions as much as possible for your cleaning products. Every time you squirt that surface cleaner, that um, into the air, onto the surface, that goes into the air, uh, the air around you, you're going to breathe some of that in, that's going to go into your bloodstream and it is filled with toxic kind of endocrine disrupting compounds to it. It's just not helpful. It, it's not the... It, again, takes away some of that resiliency and can add up when it comes to your toxic load. So cleaning products really important. Also, it's the stuff you spray into the air, but even on a surface, you, you know, you clean your surfaces in the morning, then at lunchtime you go and you just like cut an apple on it or whatever. You're going to be ingesting it that way. You know, you've got kids ingesting it. 
all of that sort of stuff, you really want to make switches to as non-toxic versions as possible. You can do this really cheaply with some homemade versions when it comes to your own house. And there's also different brands. There's loads of different brands out there, some of which you can even just buy from the supermarket. I tend to make my own surface cleaners just because it's really simple and then buy like more non-toxic versions of like toilet cleaner. And it's not to say I don't ever use like hardcore things in the house. Like I definitely have some mildew remover, I think for the bathroom, but that is something we I use as rarely as possible. So it's not necessarily to say you might be like, Kezia bleach is the only thing that will clean X, Y, and Z. That's totally fine. Um, but just, you don't want to be using that all the time. You don't want your house to be smelling of cleaning products. That's, a, that's not a great sign. Um, also, when it comes to mold, lots of people use bleach to clean off mold. It's not actually very effective. So if you've got a moldy bathroom, you don't really want to use, like, you know, like in the corners of your bathroom, um, not just on the tiles, you actually want to use hydrogen peroxide, not um, bleach, because it's far more effective in removing those spores and um, the mold, because mold is a kind of a living spore-based thing. Um, so cleaning products. Um, really, really important that we switch that. And that can be another way. You can literally just be filling your home with lots of fake fragrances and endocrine disrupting chemicals and just lots of things that you just don't want. I hate now going down the cleaning aisle at supermarkets or even like the candle aisle with all the kind of scented synthetic fragrance candles. Oh, just smells awful to me. I've like cleansed my palate of it. I just can't stand it. Even also, you know how you get those plug-in air fresheners to like perfume and make your house, house smell nice? No, you really, you want to ditch all that stuff. If you want your house to smell nice, that's totally fine. You can get some flowers, you can get some plants, you could get a natural candle. So um, some more beeswax or coconut kind of natural based scented candles with better fragrances. I have those in my home um, for disguising nappy smells. So it's not to say you can't have the things you like, but you don't want your standard scented candles from the supermarket or brand name Christmas candles filling up your home because that's just another toxic load going on. Okay, so we have cleaning products. Next thing is air quality. So again, just like I was talking about with the mold and things getting into the air, it's really important that you have as good air quality as you can throughout the day. And I do, especially when you sleep. Um, this is really, really important because what we breathe in does go into our lungs, down into our system and can enter into our bloodstream. And this is especially true if you're more, of, uh, if you're someone who struggles more with allergy type symptoms, cat allergies, dog allergies, or um, are more of the atopic type person, meaning asthma, uh, sorry, eczema, asthma, hay fever, allergic reactions, that kind of group, your air quality can make a really big difference. This is why it's really helpful to have a well-ventilated room, so you have windows open um, to help uh, with air quality and have kind of windows open throughout the day, ideally. And um, that makes a big difference. And also where purifying and filtering your air can be really useful, really useful. So I'll talk about that more in a minute. So air quality is really, really important. Um, the next thing is your furnishings. So maybe you're moving into a new house or maybe you're doing some house renovations. Anytime you bring something in, a new sofa, new carpet, new curtains, new rugs, new clothes, these kinds of things, often 
they have, especially things like carpets and sofas, have been treated with really toxic flame retardant chemicals in order to obviously prevent them going up in flames, which is a good thing. But be really mindful of that. I We've got a carpet in the office that I work in um, probably like two years ago and I did a bit of research and we actually just invested a bit more in getting a natural wool carpet. I didn't want flame retardants on it. I didn't, I think it does have a flame retardant on it, but it's like a natural, more natural version. Um, car- you know that new carpet smell? None of that smell is good. <laughs> just putting it out there. So if you've got a house with new carpets, new laminate flooring, new curtains, it's a really big toxic load. You want your windows to just be open all the time and a good bunch of air purifiers and air filters going through the air, which we'll talk about in a minute. But be really mindful of what you bring into your home. Ideally, do things one at a time, keep things well ventilated and where possible, budget in higher quality, more natural, um, non-toxic things, especially if you're more on the, again, the allergic side of things. Because just, you know, when you get a pair of curtains out of a packet, if you buy packet curtains, they just smell new carpets smell same with painting your walls um when you just paint a room it smells doesn't it really like never you know you know I'm about to have a baby two babies and I would never like paint my child's nursery the day before they were born and then shove them in it I would want like months <laughs> to go by before I put any babies in a newly painted room unless you again use non-toxic low VOC um, paints and VOCs is uh, volatile oxidized volatile organic compounds just googled it <laughs> and so um, and these and that's a lot of what comes off kind of um, paints and certain fabrics dry cleaning dry cleaning's terrible um, surface cleaning stuff in your car all of these sort of solvent based emissions that can fill your airways. So um, paint, fabrics, carpets, all these things. Again, just be mindful and aware of that kind of potential. Yes, we've I've painted, I've done painted my whole house now. I didn't use non-toxic paints. We did it one at a time, ventilated it. Um, and you've just kind of got to do what you can do. But it is worth being aware of all of that kind of things, all the things that we think are quote unquote normal, dry cleaning, smelling that way, carpet smelling that way are actually often a lot of toxins. And this is where just a little note on new build houses. So I have a client at the moment and I've had clients before that them moving into a new built, a newly built house and then being the first owners and people to live in that house has been a real trigger for various kind of health issues for them. The reason for that is obviously new builds, It's new wood, new plaster, new plaint, new roof, new floor. Everything in it is new. Um, And the the amount of BOCs, these volatile organic compounds, is really high. So much to the point when you buy a new house, they do tell you to keep it well ventilated and open the windows for the first six months because research shows that they are way, the toxic load is way higher in new builds than it would be in any other house. And it's actually beyond, it's actually not... um, it's beyond whatever the, I think, regulations as far as I'm aware. So if you're going into a new build, you really need to take this seriously. As seriously as someone who's living in an old moldy house that they're renovating. I know they are seeming the opposites, but you can get just as much problems from um, from both of them. Okay, so hopefully I've not freaked you out too much. 
and you're like, gosh, my gizzy in my house is moldy. I've just had new carpets in it and I use just cheap surface spray. Don't worry. Take a deep breath. You only know what you know when you know it. So don't beat yourself up. And now you know a little bit more, you can do a little bit more. And I'm going to talk about some simple actions that you can take. So these are some really easy things that can just help improve your air quality in the house and reduce the kind of toxic load. So number one is shoes off in your house. You want a no shoe policy in your house. No shoes for you. Ideally, no shoes for guests. Although sometimes I, I always sometimes find that difficult to put in. I keep on meaning to get like a sign that just tells everyone to take their shoes off. But you know, um, shoes, the soles of your shoes can just have loads of literally crap on them. And then tromping those around your house, unless you are mopping and steaming your floors every day, twice a day, you want to be taking your shoes off and keep them in almost a, a, a place that is not um, the rest of your house. So I have a utility room and all the shoes go in there and the door gets shut. So it's not kind of fuming the rest of the house. That's a really simple thing. You don't want your whole hall just filled with lots of shoes that are just kind of, um, emitting various things throughout the house. It's a small thing, but it's a great start. The next thing is getting lots of house plants. Plants are natural filterers of the air um, because they take air in and then they emit it out and get having a house filled with lots of green foliage is a great, cheap and aesthetically pleasing way to fill and filter and purify your air. So if you are like me and you're not very green-fingered, or really I should say I'm learning to be more green-fingered, I have struggled to keep house plants alive. So it's taken me a while to do this, but I read about how helpful it was years ago, started to have some, and I've managed to find a couple of types of plants that I can keep alive. And I'm slowly but surely just adding more and more plants into my life. Aloe vera is a great one. So your spider plants are quite good. I think peace lilies are nice. Um, I have a lot of spider plants because the great thing about those is they keep reproducing so you buy one plant and you get you get like 10 plants for the price of one if you repot the little baby spider plants um but plants in your house if you have a room that is really moldy or you want or just you want to improve you, you know have kids rooms I actually don't have a plant in my son's room but I should really put a couple of big big ass plants hanging from the ceiling so we can't take them out but filling your house with plants with house plants is a great thing to do really simple okay the next thing that's a little bit pricier when it comes to money but really effective is buying a really good quality air purifier and these are machines that you would see um, you might see them industrially but um, air filter or air purifier I'm not quite sure what the official name is but a good quality air filterer can make the world of difference I recently bought a cheap one in the summer just to filter out some of the pollen um, from a hay fever perspective and it was um, I think really effective so probably in the new house or at some point I'm going to save up to get a really good quality one just to purify um, the air as it were if you have if you're moving into a new build or you know you have moldy you live somewhere with damp or mold you want a purifier you can buy them secondhand um you can buy them new they range from like 60 quid to i think you could probably spend thousands on them and you can get whole house air filtering systems and all of these kinds of things but getting an air purifier to clean and recirculate cleaner air is really, really helpful, especially those who have allergies, if you live in a new build, or if you suspect there's mold or damp in your bedroom, especially 
because you're just lying there for eight hours breathing in. You want the windows open and you want some sort of filtering going on. So that's a great, great thing to put on your Christmas list, maybe. Another thing that you can do is just, as, as I said, start to switch over your cleaning products one thing at a time. So when you run out of your next surface cleaner, you buy a non-toxic version of that. Really simple. Next time you run out of toilet cleaner, you buy a non-toxic version of that. Um, or you make your own. You can make your own, most of your cleaning products you can make yourself. I've done that for years. Now I've, um, I tend to buy things just to save on time, but I used to make my own dishwasher stuff. Um, I think I made my own um, washing up liquid at one point, surface sprays, uh, all the things. And basically I use a surface spray that's just like vinegar, essential oils, and I have a huge bag of bicarb. I use that for most things, or my cleaner uses that for most things. And then we buy like a non-toxic toilet cleaner just to get a bit more of a, you know, clean in there. And that's about it really. The next thing I wanna get is like a good steam cleaner because I think steam, is that's a great way of sanitizing without using lots of toxins. There's loads of companies out there that do um, non-toxic things, but when you, it, the really simple thing, instead of being like, oh my gosh, I need to replace all my cleaning products, go really simply. I do this with beauty products as well. When you run out of something, you replace it with a non-toxic version. And if you keep on doing that consistently over six months, 12 months, you'll have completely changed every cleaning product that you use and every beauty product that you use. You don't have to do it all in a one Um just go one thing at a time when it comes to um, making those different upgrades. Okay, so those are some really simple things. Taking your shoes off, making sure people aren't wandering around the house with their dirty shoes on, getting filling your house with lots of plants, getting an air filterer uh, or purifier secondhand, buying it new. You could start with a cheap one and see if it helps. That's what I often do with things. I'll often buy a cheaper version of something and then if I find it slightly effective, that's when I invest in a more expensive one. So with like... Um, blue light filtering glasses, for example. I bought a super cheap pair of Amazon ones years ago, like 20 quid on Amazon, several years ago, found that it was quite helpful. And so recently, um, like, I don't know, three or four years later, me and my husband invested in some really higher quality blue light filtering glasses, um, which I suppose is another thing to, to talk about in terms of your house, lighting, especially at night. Um, light is a really big deal. We don't often make the connection between light and our brain, but essentially the only reason you can see is because light goes into your eyeballs, into your brain. A bunch of stuff happens that I'm not, uh, it sounds like a total mystery to me, but anyway, that enables you, sends a bunch of signals that means you can see. But that light going into your eyeball and into your brain also sets lots of other signals are in your body and um, for hormones and different neurotransmitters and these kind of things to be created. So light is a really huge environmental um, factor to um, be aware of. And you can get really geeky about this, but the best place to begin is the light in the evening before you go to sleep and the light in your room while you're sleeping. So if you, studies show that if you sleep, I think it was one study where they were just exposing some blue light to skin, not even to someone's eyes while they were sleeping. And it like reduced their quality of sleep so by a large amount. I think it was like 15 or 20%. So two factors of this. In the evening, you want low level lighting. You want candle, you want mood lighting. And the main thing to focus on is making sure you get rid of or you filter the lights from your screens. So that means tablets, laptops, TVs, reading devices, Kindles, 
phones. Um, I think that's probably most of the devices people would use. Computer games. You really, really do not want to be exposing yourself to tons of blue lights from those screens after about seven o'clock at night. Now, we're all human. I'm human. I like watching Netflix. I like watch, watching the Bake Off before I go to sleep. So that's where I use filtering software. Say I'm watching something on my laptop because we don't have a TV. I have um, uh, filters that will make that blue light on my iPhone. Most Apple products, newer Apple products have um, filterings where they'll filter out the blue light and make things oranger. You can also get blue light filtering glasses that I always wear in the evening. And honestly, my brain loves it. My brain just feels so much like, ah, when I wear them in the evening. I think I'm really sensitive to, to light. I think my adrenals and HPA access are probably a bit um, screwed up a little bit with pregnancy and all of those kinds of things. So making sure you're either reducing or at least filtering and removing the blue light before you go to bed. So ideally you want to be doing this an hour to two hours before going to sleep. So typically what this looks like for me is about seven, half seven, I'll put on my blue light filtering glasses. I'm going to bed about half eight, nine o'clock these days. I make sure all my devices have blue light filtered out. Again, we don't have a TV, so if we watch anything, it's on our laptop. So I have, there's lots of um, software that you can use to filter out that, that I'll link to in the show notes. There's Flux, which is a type of software. Um, and if, again, if you use Apple products, often they have that built in. I think my MacBook, what's it call it? Night shift mode, that's what it's called on iPhones and on um, devices, I think tablets, all those kind of things. And I'm sure there's alternatives for Androids. And I think Flux works on Android as well. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Get all of that on your um, devices. And then also put some things and get ask for some blue light filtering glasses for Christmas. I use um, some relatively accurate technology to track my sleep every day, to track my REM deep and light sleep. My sleep my REM sleep is much worse if I don't filter out the blue light. And there's lots of reasons for that and I probably don't have time to go into it, but it's a really, really important one. If you're exposing yourself to blue light at night, that type and that spectrum of light is telling your brain to wake up and is basically going against the natural rhythm and hormonal rhythm and neurotransmitter rhythm of your body. And that's when poor quality sleep can happen. That's why people can really struggle to fall asleep or they go to sleep and then they wake up and they can't stay asleep and they feel tired and all of this kind of stuff. So really, really important put on lamps, low lighting in the evening, filter out the blue light on your devices or avoid devices altogether if you can and get some blue light filtering glasses. I'll link to the ones that I have in the show notes as well, but you can get lots of different types. Again, you might just want to start off with a cheaper pair and see if you like them. And then as you say, you can always invest in a better one, but that would be a great stocking filler. <laughs> get, get your whole household some blue light filtering glasses um, because light is an important one. Great. I'm glad I remembered that. I didn't write it down in my notes when I was preparing, but light is huge. Also on the counteract of that, lots of us are working from home now. Make sure you get your eyeballs outside into outside light at least once a day, ideally before 12 noon. So it's quarter to 10 now when I'm recording this. I haven't been outside yet this morning. I am going to go and make sure I like stand outside or go for a walk or something before 12 noon to make sure I'm getting some of that natural light because all of that natural spectrum of light in the morning also signals 
certain things to my brain and gets and and sets me up and builds resiliency. So it's really important. Get your eyeballs in natural light in the morning and in the evening, you want to filter out all the fake blue screen light. Okay. So we've talked about lots of things here. Take a deep breath. Breathe out. And really just think, okay, after everything I've told you, what one area resonates with you? What one thing do you feel excited about? Do you have feel energy around implementing? Take that one thing and begin to implement it over the next one to two weeks. Maybe that's, you were like, oh, I've heard about blue light filtering glasses for ages. Cool. Let's look at that. Or, oh, I love houseplants. Great excuse to go buy some more. Or whatever it is, think about, take a deep breath in, connect with your body. What thing resonates with you most and take action on that and then you can come back to this episode time and time again to just keep on building and and building on your successes and before you know it you'll have massively reduced the kind of toxic load of your house and your body your energy your hormones your mind the inflammation in your body will thank you so much and you will feel so much better okay thank you for joining me i really appreciate your time attention and ears Let me know how I can help you. Otherwise, I will see you next week. Sending you lots of love.